question. It is time for word domination, and this is a fascinating story. I love it, love it, love it. So what happens when you're in a very small town, maybe an informal settlement even? How do you navigate without street signs and street names? Because often there are no street names or street signs. So Dr. Lorato Mukwene is a lecturer at the University of the Western Cape. She holds a PhD in linguistics. And she's founder of a thing called Dit is a Nootkaap Ding. And it's a colloquium and an annual gathering that focuses on the Northern Cape on the people, the environment, the socio-cultural practices. And in this case, she's going to be looking at linguistic landscapes. Dr. McQuenna, this story is completely fascinating. Thank you so much for joining us. Morning. Thank you for having me. So I will tell you that, uh, as I mentioned earlier on in the show, I was in the Northern Cape last weekend, um, Mm -hmm. close sort of between Brits and Da'ar. And what a beautiful landscape. And uh, really, the Northern Cape, is a striking, striking province that deserves much more coverage for its beauty and uh, its very, very interesting narratives. Yeah. So we want to talk about this insane research, which is completely fascinating. You're talking about the distinction between rural and urban environments and um, understanding how people navigate without the aspects of an urban environment that, that they may normally get. Talk, explain that to our listeners. So, essentially, when you think about the Northern Cape, like you rightfully said, it's not only beautiful, it, it's also quite a very big province, right? And so you must have a large distances in between to get to small towns and to get to, to places in between. And another thing that stands out about the Northern Cape is that there is, there is actually minimal signage in the environment. And because of the, the minimal signage in the environment, um, residents of the Northern Cape um, had to come up with various ways in which to navigate the space and still make sense of where they're going without, you know, what would ordinarily in an urban area be like a sign that says 500 meters from here you have a KFC or turn left or turn right if you were using, like, a technological advice such as GPS. And so um, as I was completing my PhD, um, I came across this instance where instead of people, so I asked people to direct me from um, their home to the nearest shop. And as I'm listening to people speak, I come across this this pattern where people just use different pronunciations of the word straight to indicate <laughs> distance. Yes. And so I'm like, hmm, interesting. And so it, in, in actual fact, I overlooked it because I am from Northern Cape, and to me it sounded very normal, right? Up until I put on my research plans, I was like, but hold on, there's something very particular about how there's this pronunciation of straight and how we... And based on the different pronunciations, it tells you how far you must go. So um, the article distinguishes between these three pronunciations, right? So the first one, people just tell you go straight. So just the word straight without any stress on the word straight. That means you you don't have far to go. And then if they repeat the word straight, so go straight, straight. It means you have far to go, but it's not really that far. Right, but the moment somebody emphasizes straight, you know you're going to be walking, right, for quite some time. And so for me, it was fascinating because if you think about it, um, in urban areas, and I guess in a very 
in a very urban way, Western way of thinking, the word straight is only meant to to indicate direction, right? Yes. Instead of distance. Or distance but yeah. you find that in, in small areas or in areas particularly where there's no written signage, you find that um, in the Northern Capitalist, people depend on different pronunciations of the word straight to indicate um, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna repeat that because it is so absolutely brilliant. So if I say to you, um, uh, or you you say to me, okay, I need to where, where is the shop? And I say I yes. point I point down the road and I say just go straight. Yes. Then you that means s- I don't have far to go. Yeah. Then then you say um, where where is your mother's house? And I go. You go straight, 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 straight. Okay. Yeah. That means that means it's very far. That means it's very far. But then yes. I say, okay, I need to take this town uh, and I need to go all the way to Cape Town. And you say, oh, you just go straight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that means that in be- in between the time that, you know, what you just said indicates to me that it's going to be quite some time. And I should probably not walk to Cape Town <laughs> because, <laughs> because the, the study was based on people being on foot. So yeah. we probably not walk to Cape Town if you are <laughs> yeah. if you are in a different province. So you 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 studied two different um, small, very small towns, very small yes. um, uh, uh, settlements, mm-hmm. Ulko and Dalpuertshoop. Tell us a little yes. bit about both Ulko and Dalpuertshoop because they're very different. I understand. Yes. So I was actually I was actually raised in Galperswap, but uh, raised in Alco, and we currently stay in Galperswap. Yeah. So in a nutshell, Alco is is private property, right? It's owned by the 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 the, the land is owned by a company called Afrisam, and Galperswap is really what we would just understand as a normal South African place that is um, that is public, right? And so there's the first difference between the two. But the one thing they do have in common, though, is the fact that written signage is 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 absent. It's really mm. just absent. And so if you think, um, for example, the, the the one thing they both have in common is graveyards. Um, oh. And so both graveyards, all of the graveyards in those places, Alco has one and Dobberswap has like four or three, do not have signages that indicate where the graveyard is, which is something um, that urban places normally have. You know, you drive yeah. past and you see the name of the cemetery. And so uh, when you ask people, how did you get to the cemetery in those two places? There's all types of ways, right? People start talking about the landmarks close to them. Somebody said that I know because it's opposite the train station. Some people sadly will tell you, like I will tell you, I know because I had to leave a loved one day. And so you find that somehow in rural areas, where there's no signage, not just a matter of how people agree that we will use a place, but it's also landmarks, and those landmarks include things such as memory, attached to painful memories. Um, they include the things such as just memorizing that I've been there before, and that's how I know. And so that is really um, the difference, but also the, the very interesting similarities um, that Alco and Dalperswap have. So, so I suppose um, what's critical, Dr. Mokwena, is that what we're talking about is the ability to focus on oral signage as yeah. opposed to written signage. So mm-hmm. people would be looking at, oh, there's a bush over there, or as you say, yeah. there's the train station. So it's, it's an oral, a visual uh, point of reference. Yeah. What do we take from this? And what do you take from this in your studies and your teachings and that kind of thing? 
you know, I, I think I'm particularly blessed because when I, being from the Northern Cape, I understand landscapes differently from somebody who's from, you know, an urban area, right? And so I, 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 I'm, very, I'm very insistent about understanding that we cannot always assume that people know how to navigate based on what they read or, you know, a sign saying five kilometers from here, turn right yeah. or whatever or the use of GPS. And so the work that I do is very intentional in trying to show that there is still significance in how people use orality to navigate spaces, especially in small towns and especially in places where there is no signage. And I, 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 you know, South Africa, although we have a lot of written signage, in places like rural areas and in informal areas, and in some instances, urban areas too, you find that written signage is not present, and but people still have to navigate. And so my research is very intentional about showing how people use different types of resources, I guess, to navigate spaces where written signage is not popular or it has been vandalized, which is a thing that's coming up very strongly in my research where I ask people, why are there no signs? So I go to municipalities. I'm like, why are there no signs? Why, why is there no written signage? And they yeah. said there was. It was just vandalized. So my research is very intentional about showing how orality is still, um, in, in contrary to popular beliefs, still a very useful way of navigating spaces. You know, um, they, of course, there was that thing called What Three Words. I can't remember who created it, which was, but that was a GPS thing where you could actually, um, there were three, you would, you would, they were mapping the world. Um, by, mm-hmm. I can't remember, I think it was three, three meters by three meters. And then there would be three words that would represent that space. So, I mean, the SABC could be car. Um, tree, whatever, those three mm-hmm. words. And then you would look for those three words on the map and then you, that's how you would find it. But this seems to me to be like a really clever South African way of like saying, okay, there's a very different way of looking at signage in its oral um, capacity as well. It's it's completely fascinating, I have to say. And I, I think that we need to, to, to understand that not everybody has GPS and that how we look yep. at, at, at rural areas is... Is is just is just completely completely a different way of looking at it. How do you plan to take this forward, Dr. McQuenna? Th- that is a very that is a very good question. <laughs> um, that is a very good question. Um, you know, I take it forward in small ways. Um, I take it forward in writing articles, very particular articles about you know the type of research that comes out. So I'm currently um, completing. Um, a post-doctoral um, research project in the Northern Cape. It's ending this year. And so from that project, I've grown on to now going to name places and to see how there's a difference between the name that is written and the name that people use already, yes. which, that, which happens quite a lot in South Africa, where you find that the place could be called one thing, but because people have a different memory and different, um, different, I guess, also indigenous names sometimes attached to places, you find that there is what they call toponomic ambiguity, where the written name is very much different from the oral name. Yeah. So that is the type of research that I'm currently venturing into. Well, it's very interesting that you say that, because yesterday one of our listeners was asking the question, what? was the original name of um, the Makmak Falls, um, which are up near Graskop and Sabi. And the Makmak Falls is named after the amount of Scottish diggers at the camp. But yeah. as one of our other listeners has said today, 
it was originally the New Caledonian Goldfield Falls. But the question that Aisha is asking is, what was the original name? Yeah. And it's very possible, as you say, that it would be an oral name and not mm-hmm. a print name in terms of the falls itself. So this is research that I think is going to be fascinating to follow. I really think um, you're doing amazing work. Wow. It's, it's great. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. Dr. Lorato Mukwena, a lecturer at the University of the uh, Western Cape. She holds a PhD in linguistics. She's a founder of um, the Dit is Noordkapding, which is a um, Northern Cape colloquium. It's an annual gathering that focuses on the Northern Cape. Jeez, um, I should have asked her actually when it's happening. It sounds like such an interesting colloquium. I'd love to go and see that. Um, uh, talking about the people, the environment, the social, cultural practices. Someone else saying, morning, your guest is unbelievable. She's from the same place as me, and um, she's a delight. On my travels, the use of language is so, so different wherever I go. Google always gets me lost, but when you ask a local, they will just say, go straight around or um, demonstrate uh, different places to get lost and to go to. That's from Judy. Um, um, And so... That's the question. Do you say just go straight? Just go straight, straight. Or just go straight? 